Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great podcasts is about helping Latter-day Saints like you tackle deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping these podcasts alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the programs on this podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber. Or making a donation at mormondiscussions.org. Again, that's Mormon Discussions, plural with an S on the end, dot org. Donate today and support programs like Mormon Discussion, Radio Free Mormon, Mormon Awakenings, Mormon History Podcast, Marriage on a Tightrope, and others. If these programs benefit you, and you want to see these continue, please consider making an annual donation starting today. All donations are tax-exempt inside the United States, and go towards keeping the podcast alive. Mormon, Mormon Discussion, discussion and, and its lineup of great programs. programs. Helping you navigate Mormonism one episode at a time. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful for the chance to, to sit with you today and to have this conversation. Recently, in a New Era article, the New Era is a LDS periodical, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints periodical that is intended for a, a teenager audience. In this article, there is some updating to the Word of Wisdom. Uh, the article is titled, Vaping, Coffee, Tea, and Marijuana. Let's clear up a few items that young people today may be confused about when it comes to the Word of Wisdom. So again, these periodicals are church-approved, and you can see that by what the church releases after this article comes out and the conversation begins. So in this article, they start off with some facts about the Word of Wisdom. The article reads, In Doctrine and Covenants, section 89, verses 8 through 9, the Lord forbids our using tobacco and hot drinks, which church leaders have explained means coffee and tea. Let me stop there for just a moment. Uh, the Lord forbids several things, and the Lord approves and recommends and encourages several things if you accept that the Lord's voice is in section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants. The idea behind God speaking up and saying tobacco is forbidden, we ought to recognize that while science has borne out that tobacco is deeply unhealthy, cancer causing, uh, it causes and leads to breathing issues such as emphysema or COPD, it uh, leads to uh, lots of uh, breathing issues, it leads to cancer, uh, we've got multiple things that we can say without a doubt, like tobacco is a bad thing to take into the body, either by smoking or by using chewless tobacco, which causes cancer of the mouth and rots out uh, people's mouths. I've seen people with multiple teeth missing because of using chewing tobacco and their mouth looks disgusting. Tobacco, the Lord, if we accept the Lord's voice there, the Lord is one for one, but with the caveat that in the 1830s in Joseph Smith's day, there was contemporary voices, medical experts, scientists, other folks, who were pointing to tobacco not being healthy. Not only that, but if people are using tobacco, we can visually see their outward uh, behavior that points to tobacco not being healthy. One example would be coughing. So when people who use tobacco are perceived in your culture as coughing more than the people who are not using tobacco, 
then it becomes um, simple for me as an observer to say like, hmm, tobacco doesn't seem to be healthy. So while Joseph Smith is one for one on tobacco, it isn't like that was created within a vacuum. It says here, secondly, modern prophets and apostles have frequently taught that the word of wisdom warns us against substances that can harm us or enslave us to addiction. So modern prophets and apostles have taught us that the word of wisdom warns us against substances that can harm us. They're unhealthy. They're not good for us. Or they can enslave us to addiction. They are addicting. They will cause us to have an addiction. So with those facts in mind, let's try to clear up a few items that Latter-day Saint youth today may find a little confusing. So the first one they go into is vaping or e-cigarettes. So let's start here with a little clarification. So when the Lord in section 89, if we accept his voices there, if he says like, don't drink hot drinks and Hiram Smith and other early church leaders says that, you know, that's coffee and tea. And essentially we all point back to Hiram Smith who is asked what hot drinks means. And he's on the record as saying it means coffee and tea. We don't have Joseph Smith saying that. And all leadership after Hiram Smith point back to Hiram Smith for that clarification. Now, when we as a church institutionally say, here's this section 89, you're not to drink coffee and tea. There is lots of speculation from members about why that is. Tannic acids, caffeine, etc., etc. But the church has never gotten specific doctrinally saying what it what is the reason it is forbidden, simply that it is forbidden. We need to note that the the things that are in coffee and tea are in other products and the church is perfectly okay with its members partaking of those products. So for instance, caffeine is in soda pop, and the church even recently has moved to being more lenient by allowing soda drinks, caffeinated soda drinks, to be sold at BYU in the vending machines, which it used to not do. It used to want to ambiguously leave room for members to draw a connection between Section 89 and caffeine. The church has stopped doing that. It is essentially saying, while we accept the Lord as having told us that we forbid coffee and tea, we are going to abstain and stay away from coming down on any of the particular ingredients in coffee and tea, and in fact, are okay making money, profit off of selling products that contain those ingredients. But when we get to vaping, vaping is not necessarily tobacco, but instead it contains the nicotine, one of the chemicals that is in the tobacco. Here's what they say in the New Era article. Electronic vaporizers or e-cigarettes are devices people use to inhale mist, usually with various flavors. One study showed that nearly two-thirds of teen e-cigarette users thought that the pods they were vaping contained only flavoring. That's way, way far from the truth. Most vaping pods contain nicotine, which is highly addictive, and all of them contain harmful chemicals. Vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom, unquote. Now, first off, by saying vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom, I don't, I don't like that wording. It says like, look, you all should have known vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom. It's obviously against the word of wisdom. That seems to go way too far. It goes too far because this is the first time anybody in the church officially says, hey, vaping is against the word of wisdom. And in this first instance that they're doing this, they're saying vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom. What's their reasons for saying that? Well, the reasons they're using 
is that one, it's not good for you. It contains harmful chemicals. But we could apply that to other things. There are Latter-day Saints who are deeply overeating. That's deeply unhealthy. There are Latter-day Saints who drink a two liter of Mountain Dew every day. That is deeply unhealthy. There are harmful chemicals in soda pop, right? It rots out your teeth. It rots out your gut. It's got caffeine in it. And by the way, caffeine has addictive properties to it. Now, they're using the words here with vaping, highly addictive. But it seems as though God and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are comfortable with their members partaking of some harmful chemicals and some addictive products, and that God and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are adamant about other harmful chemicals and other addictive products. So it becomes very confusing as to why vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom. I would love to push back and ask some questions there and to hold up other items that the church seems very comfortable with its members partaking of that are both harmful and addictive, while saying that because vaping is harmful and addictive, it is clearly against the word of wisdom. The next one they go into is mocha, latte, macchiato, etc. The word coffee isn't always in the name of coffee drinks, so before you try what you think is just some new milkshake flavor, here are a couple rules of thumb. One, if you're in a coffee shop or any other shop that's well known for its coffee, the drink you're ordering probably has coffee in it. So either never buy drinks at coffee shops or always ask if there's coffee in it. Two, drinks with the name that include cafe or cafe, mocha, latte, espresso, or anything ending in chino are coffees and are against the word of wisdom. Now, let me make a statement. This article comes out at the very same time that Starbucks announces it is putting its first Starbucks in Provo, Utah, near BYU University. We already know from Jana Reese that 40% of, I believe, active Mormons have partaken of a cup of coffee in recent uh, months. And that research shows that believing, faithful, active Latter-day Saints are beginning to sense like, oh, my leaders say this, but science says that it's good for you, and I'm going to go with science. People are beginning to distance themselves from seeing the counsel of their leaders as, uh, as, as authoritative, as having the strength of authority that we used to in past decades. Members are looking at what the leadership of the church says, they're looking at what the information in the world says, and they're no longer automatically siding with the church. And I got to believe this scares the hell out of the institutional church. So with a, with a Starbucks being built in Provo, Utah, near the University of BYU, and with the recent research showing that many believing active Mormons are disregarding the counsel of their leaders and are drinking coffee anyway. The church comes out with this thing that says, stay away from coffee shops. Everything they sell probably has coffee in it. Don't drink it. And here's the other thing. Coffee is shown to, at least as of 2019, be good for you. Now, it has some things that are kind of negative, right? It has caffeine in it. And so we're, we can weigh the addictive properties of caffeine versus the positive effects of caffeine or the coffee as a whole for you. But what we have to deal with here and what I'm hoping to accomplish in this episode is that you can begin to sense how all over the place and illogical Elohim is 
As he lays out all of these guidelines and as his church seeks to carry out his mind and will and enforce them. So we're only into the first two paragraphs of this, of this article. Um, and, and we're talking about vaping and we're talking about coffee. And we already have all this contradictory material. So the Lord says tobacco is bad. Tobacco is bad because it is highly addictive and because it contains harmful chemicals. Mountain Dew is okay. It's mildly addictive and it also contains harmful chemicals, but God doesn't care about Mountain Dew. Coffee is bad, not because it's bad for you, and but because it just simply is uh, forbidden in the Word of Wisdom, and we don't have any reasons for why it's forbidden, but science actually shows that coffee is good for you. Tea is also forbidden in the Word of Wisdom. Tea also seems to be good for you, uh, and at the same time, God hasn't told us why tea is bad, but we shouldn't partake of tea simply because he said so. That's the next paragraph here, green tea and iced tea. Green tea and black tea are both made from the leaves of the exact same tea plant. I'm also not sure why they left out white tea leaves. The only difference is that the leaves in the black tea are fermented and in green tea they're not. They're both tea and are against the word of wisdom. Some drinks have tea in them, but don't advertise that fact. So always check the ingredients. Also iced tea, is still tea. Now, first off, they're asking Latter-day Saints to check the ingredients of everything they buy. That's insane. Nobody's going to waste hours and hours and hours of their life looking at the ingredient. Well, I guess some people will. No one should have to waste hours and hours of their life to look at the ingredients as they go grocery shopping to check everything for tea. Notice when it comes to coffee and tea, they do not express any insight into why those things are forbidden because they don't want to make any statement that counters the actual science of the day, which says that coffee and tea are good for you. All they're saying is those two things are forbidden, and that's all we're going to say about this. Whereas vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom because it is, it is highly addictive and contains harmful chemicals. But other things that are addictive and contain harmful chemicals are not clearly against the word of wisdom. Then we get to marijuana and opiates. Marijuana may be legal for medicinal or even recreational use in a lot of places now, but that doesn't mean any use is suddenly not against the word of wisdom. Medical uses are being studied, but just like many pain medications such as opiates, marijuana is an addictive substance. Let me stop. Marijuana is uh, considered uh, addictive, but it's in a different way. The, the studies on marijuana show that people enjoy the effects of it so much that they want that experience over and over again. Hence, they use it. But it's not so much that the chemicals or the, the ingredients of it, what's in it, is uh, highly addictive, but rather that the experience is so unique and enjoyable that people continually go back to it. That's very different than opiates. Opiates have uh, ingredients or chemicals in them that are highly addictive. And the opiate uh, epidemic in our country is is insane and when you understand why opiates affect people that way you can begin to sense why these issues arise to say that like many pain medications such as opiates marijuana is an addictive substance is misleading they both are addictive but in very different unique ways and for very different unique reasons it continues, it says, such habit-forming substances should be avoided except under the care of a competent physician and then used only as prescribed. Can you sense the disconnection that the church is all over the place 
Sometimes things are against the word of wisdom because they're bad for you. Sometimes things are against the word of wisdom in spite of being good for you. Some things are bad because they're habit-forming. Other things that are habit-forming are okay. Sometimes we don't give reasons for why. Sometimes things are clearly against the word of wisdom because of reasons such as being habit-forming or being harmful in spite of other things not being clearly against the word of wisdom in spite of being habit-forming and harmful. And so the church is all over the place. God looks and sounds and appears to be schizophrenic and bipolar. He seems to be illogical and irrational. He seems really willing to lay out the reason some things are clearly against the word of wisdom, seems to have no objection to other things that should be clearly against the word of wisdom, not being clearly against the word of wisdom, and forbids certain things in spite of them being good for you and a contributor to living a longer, healthier life. And once you understand that the word of wisdom is a mechanism that gets Latter-day Saints to see themselves as being different than the world, and it's a mechanism in which members of the church can do what's called costly signaling to each other, like nod, nod, wink, wink, I'm not drinking coffee, you're not drinking coffee, we're good Mormons, that there are these mechanisms that show up in the word of wisdom that give members a chance to signal to each other that they are faithful, believing Mormons. It sets them apart from the world, and it gives them this unique thing that gets them to be able to say like, hey, we're different than everybody else in this way. You can start to see the purpose in the word of wisdom, and it has zero to do with what God said we could do and not do. God didn't say anything about vaping. Vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom. God didn't say anything about Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is okay. God said coffee and tea are bad, but coffee and tea seem to be good for you. God said tobacco's bad. Tobacco seems to be clearly harmful and, and not good for you. God's reasoning and the church's then extension of those reasons and it beginning to take on other substances as it tries to keep the word of wisdom as a modern mechanism and has to deal with substances that were not present in Joseph Smith's day, it is going to continue to come up with arbitrary constructs for why certain things are in and certain things are out. And those arbitrary constructs are going to make zero sense. They're not going to make any sense, especially when they're juxtaposed against other things in the word of wisdom. So for instance, this thing's forbidden for that reason, this thing's forbidden for this reason, and this thing's forbidden with no reason. And then juxtaposed against other things that have the exact same reasoning, but are outside the word of wisdom and are not prohibited. So this thing's prohibited inside the word of wisdom for this reason, but the same substances that have that reason also are outside the word of wisdom and not prohibited. This other substance is prohibited for this reason. Meanwhile, other substances outside that uh, being forbidden carry the same reasons with them as well. It becomes illogical and irrational. And as the world develops and as new things come in, in other words, you've already seen in Colorado that magic mushrooms uh, have been legalized. People who have an experience on psychedelic mushrooms, there is zero negative health effects from doing that. But that experience is going to give people something outside Mormonism that is visionary and will lead them to discovering truth within themselves. That is the, the magic, the power in using psychedelic substances is that it wakes you up to how the world does things and how things could be done differently and how you used to do things or are doing things and how you could do them differently. And so as these substances, magic mushrooms and others like MDMA, which recently was shown to eliminate PTSD in a significantly high number 
of people who used it in a therapeutic study. As these substances become legalized, the church is going to have a difficult time because people who use those are going to have deeply profound and even spiritual experiences outside the context of Mormonism. And that can only serve to disconnect people from Mormonism being the one true path where these legitimate experiences can occur, that you're going to begin to see the church extend itself out to these substances. And it's going to have to come up with even new reasons why they're against the word of wisdom. And as that happens, they are going to overextend themselves further and further and further, creating additional rigidity, additional rules and boundaries, and they're going to make God out to look even more schizophrenic and bipolar. God is going to appear more illogical, more irrational in this particular arena. Thank you for joining us today on Mormon Discussion Podcast. We'll see you next time.